Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to listen to another episode of the Hatchick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast. Listening to Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. We are here to rock the podcast world. All right, people, we're back. The Ramsey's back, sitting in the hot seat, ready to kick some butt on the podcast. Um, Coming up on the show, I have an interview with Yvette. Yvette is a mature model. A model who is in her 40s and almost about to be turning 50. Now, she, we talked about a little bit of her life as a model, and we also talked about something, a very more serious topic um, within her life, and that was that she came out of an abusive relationship uh, regarding her past, uh, being married young, um, and obviously how it basically materialised and how it got worse and how eventually said enough was enough. Now, there was a lot that we she didn't talk about because obviously it's very hurtful and very hard to talk about these things, but you will hear the story coming up in the show uh, regarding... Uh, how she got out of it and how she started the modelling and took it from there and what she's doing now and that she's a total changed person. So that's coming up. So what's been happening in the news? I've been listening, I'll tell you something, I've been listening to a new podcast, another podcast. I love James Will. I think he's, I listened to his new one earlier today. The day happens to be Sunday and I found it extremely funny. They said it's a serious show. Come on, the tag team of James Will and Rob Oldfield just kill me, man. Kill me. It's, it's brilliant. Um, absolutely very funny. They were interviewing Paddy McGuinness, and I just, oh, it was genius, genius interview. But I've also been listening to you, which he really, is really good, he's really controversial, uh, is John Gunn, former talk sport radio, uh, Sun columnist, uh, newspaper reviewer on Sky News, um, totally, <clears throat> pretty much saying it as it is. When it comes to politics, he's pretty much, um, yeah, he's certainly nailing it on the head. But when it comes to certain the recent stories about these child abuse allegations, he's certainly uh, being talk about the amount of people that are getting away with it. This guy, Judge the Jenner guy, whose judge has been getting simply uh, from the House of Lords. Been re-elected uh, back in Thousand Lords, but saying he can't stand trial because he has some sort of dementia now, really. So this guy is getting away with something scot-free um, while these people, from these child abuse allegations, people are suffering. So it's absolutely disgusting what's happening in, uh, with that. But, and obviously with John Gaunt, he is very vocal, he's very, um, what's the word I'm trying to think? He's, yeah, he's excited, he's excitable. So I'm going to say that is excitable and um, charismatic, I sort of say, within what he talks about. Certainly talks a lot about immigration, talks about border control. He's not 
he talks about if he was Scottish and he lived in Scotland that he would vote for wee Jimmy Cranky and Nicola Sturgeon because she's passionate for Scotland, which is understandable. Uh, but and he also does he admits he likes about UKIP. Uh, he talks about Cameron, talks about Clegg, talks about uh, Miliband. He also he talks he does talk about immigration. Now he does in a, in a neutral basis here. Think about it. It's not racist to just to say yes we can control our borders. Now I, me personally, I asked that question to somebody who was from Moldova, who I know, who is self-employed, runs a business within the UK. I'm not going to uh, name names, but I asked him the question. What with the immigration being the topic within the current um, general, election, general election campaign, um, what do you think about it? And he said, I think he did say maybe there's too much going on, it is uh, too much talk about it. Certain parties like UKIP only really seem to be like one track mind, only talking about immigration mainly, which is probably true, yes, admit that. And uh, But he did agree with having control. Now, on the aspect, if you think about this, there's nothing nothing wrong with having control because technically, you've got to understand this, if somebody within, from a different European country, came over here, free, freely come over here, there's no, but don't get any vet, there's no vetting, right? Don't get vetted. How do we know, which we don't, what these people are up to. They could be in a sex trafficking ring, they could be on uh, child abuse, they could be um, a drug, drug runner or anything. They could be involved in any type of thing that's happening wherever they're coming from. But coming over here and without vetting them, they're bringing that to this country and potentially could be fatal and causing being a danger, you're somebody who could be act all innocent, but behind the scenes is something really bad and dodgy. So how do we vet? What? So would you rather, as a country, have a vetting system for people that um, to come over here and basically you have to, this is what our requirements are to be here? Do background checks on people, and if it's if they're all, all clear, great, come over, not a problem. Nothing wrong with that. Reading up Norway in parts of Nor if you go to Norway, uh, basically if you wish to move to Norway, for example, what they have is you have to. Um, what I'm trying to say is you you have to have the money to be able to live. And after six months, if you can't get a job but you're still financially stable, you can stay. But if you were not financially stable, you'd have to leave. So. What's wrong? Nothing wrong with that. It's not being racist just to say we'd like to control our borders better, manage things better, to simply say, who are you? What's your background? Can you prove it? You're not involved in any dodgy dealings uh, with it, where you come from. It's not going to affect uh, things over here. If they say no, all is clear. Yeah, feel free. Come over here. Simple fact is you should, ha I think, if people are coming over here, I think it's important that you are financially secure because if you're not financially secure and you're coming over here simply to, to claim money uh, from us uh, and you're not putting anything in the system, yes, so I'm saying you shouldn't be allowed in. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing. I think you should meet the criteria. If you have money and you can survive here and you can get a job and you're not relying on 
the government uh, to get um, the do basic dole money, I would say, yeah, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to come here and uh, stay here. But if you're coming over here broke and you are coming here and you're having to eventually get money off the government, um, no, sorry. Uh, I think you've got six months to a year. If you want to come over to Shovel Rules, six months to a year, you got to, uh, basically you have to report, and you should have to report to the Home Office or a certain place to say, right, and up, give them an update every week or every two weeks. Like if you are on parole, that type of thing, you should do a routine daily, a weekly place. You have to go where you're staying to prove that you're still meeting the criteria for being in this country, for example, going forward. There should be nothing wrong with that. It means we are controlling the borders, we're controlling the, we're getting the right people within the country. It's not racist to can just to simply say we would like that part. This is the criteria we want. If you meet that criteria, happy days. You, you can come in. But if you don't, you simply don't get in. You got, you're gonna you're gonna go to Canada. You've got to be able to speak French. You've got to go to Australia. You've got to, there's a criteria. Um, so there's nothing wrong with having a criteria. It means you're getting the quality, the type of people in that are quality, that are going to benefit the economy, benefit others, benefit employment, or whatever way or form. So for the people that think that is racist, think you take your blinkers off, wake up, smell the coffee. It's not. It is not racist at all for simply having a simple control on who comes in and out of your country because the last thing you want is having a, 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 an, abuse, an abuser, a, a paedophile coming over here and maybe pretending to be, get, maybe a t be, being a teacher or having to be amongst kids in a, in a street and for all you know some, something nasty could happen. So think about it. It's not racist just because we want to have control on our borders uh, and within this country. So, but I've also found recently, I'm going to say this as well, I've also found that having, there's a few people, because of the podcast, who think, because, okay, I admit my podcast partner, he's admitted on a podcast that he is a, he likes UKIP, that's his personal choice. I, I'm trying to say, I'm saying, because I am, we're doing the podcast. I need to. I would like him to be more neutral, but that's his view. And I think, well, as long as you don't, please don't not listen to us because of that. But uh, listen to us because we are. I like to be neutral. Keep it neutral because I'm. Um, I want to be able to say well, I have a neutral point or a point of view. But I'll give you my opinion of what I know from myself. Politics is not my strong point. But I will say when people have offer up a challenge, we did get a, offer up a challenge. Uh, you get some of these people who seem the some people who rabble on Facebook a lot and uh, want to step up and say let's challenge or challenge us for a debate and basically chicken out at the last minute and they come up with the excuse I don't want to do this I don't want to do that I say well if you want a challenge you want to have a, if you're interested in politics or interested in having discussion about um, stuff that's going on with the election maybe if you're more of an SNP person or maybe you're not an SNP or you, you like Tory or Labour or whatever, and you want to sit down and have a, a wee mini debate uh, on a podcast, give us a call. Give us a call. <laughs> you know, give us a call. Uh, email us at hatrickandramsey at gmail.com because we'd love to hear from you and love to be able to um, sit down with you and basically find out your views, have a healthy debate. 
nothing wrong with it. They've done it on the television. Um, or should I say, if you like a debate and you're not just all mouth and all talking all over the Facebook, I say, don't be a David Cameron and chicken out the debates only do one and say, have you got a set of balls, gross set of cojones and come in, let's, let's, let's arrange an interview, and a, a debate I should say, um, on the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast. So if you're interested, contact us, Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, at, uh, sorry, Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com, not Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, um, so Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com, if you're interested in, in being, having a debate regarding with the election coming up, we'd be great to hear from you. Give us your viewpoint. Please rate us on Facebook, uh, on iTunes, and give us five gold stars. I'm starting to sing like John Gone. Because uh, he totally says that all the time, sings that all the time to his podcast, and before you know it, you're singing five gold stars during the course of the. Um, uh, um, two seconds. I'm just I've been interrupted. I'm recording on Facebook. Um, I'm just going to pause this in a second. I'll be back with you in a second. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I had to. Friend was messaging me regarding something on Facebook. So where was I? Yes. So if you're up for a challenge on being interviewed uh, for a debate um, regarding what's coming up in the election, what's your viewpoint, and why, um, I say gross out balls. Come on, Patrick and Ramsey at gmail.com and come and debate it. And stop if you say you want to debate and then you chicken out. Ah, <laughs> so obviously you don't know your stuff. I would say. So if you're interested in being a debate with the hat trick and the Ramsey as the referee, come along and and join us on a podcast. It'd be great. So anyway, moving on from that, because uh, I think I've sl- probably, <laughs> probably pissed you off a little bit. But anyway, more to serious stuff, what's going on. Um, pretty much been a great, um, quite a busy week for me personally and work-wise. But also, it's been coming up is my, the wedding that I'm the best man at, which I can't wait to do. Uh, just going to write a few bullet points, go a bit more natural for the um, for as a podcast style speech. It's going to be quite interesting. So looking forward to that. So uh, it's going to be nice. So <laughs> and two weeks time, main holiday. Main holiday to Spain for three nights to chill out, relax, wind down a bit. Uh, so can't wait for that. Looking forward to a bit of sunshine, walking along the beach. Gotta gotta get a shave, you know. You never know. Get some mamacita. Anyway, uh, moving on swiftly. I'm going to stop my ram, stop my rambling, and I'm going to um, basically coming up. I'm here with uh, Yvette, who is our uh, person that we interviewed today, um, and. I hope that you really do seriously get some good in. Uh, you can take something from this interview, what I'm trying to say, and you enjoy it thoroughly because it's, uh, it was a, a really nice interview and it was enjoyed listening to her story very much so. So, as I say, so, 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 I love saying so. That's my favourite word. My man getting so macho. I'm going to start singing. Um, anyway. Now's the time for the inter- coming up is in my interview with a vet, aka Tony Lace. Enjoy, my friends all over the world. Hello, welcome to another episode of Hatchet and Ramsey Unleashed. We're here to interview a vet who is a model from the 
um, she's the older end of the scale of modelling rather than your younger end of the scale uh, and we're here to talk about how she got into modelling and we're here to talk about how she the story before that the story before that is she was in a an abusive relationship and how this basically how the scenario goes in an abusive, abusive relationship we're talking about how you get mentally uh, beaten down you get actually physically abused um, how just your whole confidence is shot to pieces and we're here to talk about a simple simple ways to how this all happened and how it kicked off how um, the, basically how she eventually got out of it and left and eventually how her life went from there to going into modelling uh, but uh, her experience will hopefully if will help others around the world or in in the UK if you are somebody who's in an abusive relationship and you're needing help and you find this uh, interview extremely interesting and you find it helpful um, please email us at hattrickandramsey at gmail.com and we'll happily put you in contact with uh, Yvette and she, via email and you can share your experience or you want advice on how to get out of it uh, the situation you're in yourself because no woman should be in an abusive relationship uh, being hit or punched or anything uh, basically so it doesn't matter how bad things are you just shouldn't be, no, no man should be hitting a woman or pushing her to break falling over and breaking bones etc so we're here with a vet um, to talk about how how this all kicked off in her life and how, what was, uh, I mean, obviously, just to share her experience with you guys and let's, when hear from her. So, Yvette, thank you for coming to, onto the show and thank you for being here. Thank you for, like, sharing your experience. Um, I had a brief chat just uh, before we kind of, um, just to get a bit, of a, back, a bit of background. So, you said to me that you got married at the age of 17 and a half I mean, seventeen and a half is a very young age to get married. It's not your kind of, it's still kind of almost like leaving school uh, at that age kind of thing. So, or had you left school kind of like sixteen, or what was the kind of general what were you at school still, or were you just? Hi, Fraser. Yeah, I was. I was actually after school. I'd done some college, um, and after that, well, in between that, I actually met my my partner. So, when did how old were you when you left school? Um, sixteen. Sixteen. And then I went to college. Wow! Did you leave the qualifications? Did you leave? Were you a studier? Were you kind of? What was your kind of general? Were you, were you academic or were you more of a grafter? <laughs> I was. I, I think I was more of a grafter. To be honest, I okay. was more. Yeah, definitely more of a grafter, more of a talker. Um, but what did, you, what did you go and study in college? I went to study nursing, a pre-nursing course mm-hmm. at college, because that was my. That was what I fancied doing with my life was going into nursing um, always had the care and instinct mm-hmm. so but like I said I mean things take a turn different different avenues and so, stuff so, so you end went, up so when you went how long were you did you have to quit the course did you stop it no 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 I still done the course I still finished the course right. and I done the pre-nursing course and, and passed that so I could have went on but like I said Things change. Yeah, the difference. In so, how old were you when you met your partner at the time that you got married to at a young age? I must have been about 17. And you yeah. Got, so, you got yeah, married just, 
quick marriage you got. It was, yeah. It was a quick sort of engagement and then marriage in the next year. So yeah. I was, um, we got married in April, I was 18 in the July. In July. Yeah. Uh, so what? Um, how how was your family regarding you getting married at such a young age? How was it then? Was it just kind of the done thing, or just kind of think it was too soon, or what? No, I think um, my dad kind of went with the flow, and and was quite happy that I was happy. My mum, yeah, she found it a hard bit a bit harder and and sort of. No, very happy that I was going into that because I'd done the pre-nursing course. She wanted me to follow that go, that down. To go through down the university yeah. and potentially yeah. be a nurse. Yeah, basically. So you could have been on the wards. You could have been. I could have been anything. Yeah, yeah. matron, <laughs> I could have been a doctor, Fair. matron, whatever. Yeah. Fair matron, <laughs> Car- carry on a vet. <laughs> That's it. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, let's not go. <laughs> carry on, campers. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, well, so basically, you with, so your mum, I wasn't hundred percent happy, yeah. but are your parents still around? Are they still? No, no? both are, both are deceased, unfortunately. So, but um, yeah, I think mum was more the fact that she wanted me to follow the career. Dad was a bit softer. He was, yeah. he was like, well, she's happy. Are you, like, an only, well, are you an only child, or are you? No, no, I'm the youngest of four. Four. So I've got four elder. Um, two brothers, one sister. How are they like pensioners there? Are they, kind of are they like, pensioners you know, there? <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I'm Yeah! No, not at all. There's, a, yeah, there's, there's 16 years, 16, 17 years between me and my elder uh, brother and sister, and nine years between me and my brother. So, wow, so there's a fair deal of that. Yeah, yeah I, think it was, I think, to be honest, I was one of these um, maybe glints in my dad's eye. Right, okay. So you kind of solved the telly broken. Yeah. <laughs> you, you came along. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, the, the dark nights, I think. The dark nights. <laughs> I'll just say he's gone. <laughs> yeah, what can we do next? Did you, did, you, did you not feed the meter, love? <laughs> could have been that. Could have been that for you. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, quality. But anyway, so <clears throat> tell us, life, getting married... What was life like? You got married to this guy. Um, tell it. I mean, obviously, my life is my life. You're with somebody. You, how? I mean, living. You were you? Did you go and get work, or how did you work? What? How? What was it? Was he working, or was, what, what he was, was work, Yeah, he was working. Actually, um, I fell pregnant quite quickly, um, which meant that mm-hmm. um, there was a baby on the the way. There was a baby on the way, quite quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was uh, the typical housewife as such and mother. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he worked, but he also had his social life as what, well. What, what did he do as a job? He was a banksman. Oh, um, so it was good money coming in. Yeah, it was okay money. Yeah, and then I was going to say back in the day, but yeah, it was quite a number of years ago. But um, <clears throat> so so he worked. He was a uh, the breadwinner. So basically, while he was obviously while he was <coughs> being the breadwinner, was mm-hmm. he basically the? So he was kind of, did he because because you got my young. Do you think he mm-hmm. was just still kind of he didn't have well he's missing out on this his youth or kind of how you were yourself not youth but kind of 
it's quite early to be married. I'd be a married couple, and then you kind of missing mm. out on the kind of party with the young lad. People yeah, yeah, yeah. He still, he still had his friends and that. Where I adopted the role of being mum. Mum. Yeah. yeah, and and kind of took that yeah. a bit more, maybe a bit more serious, and okay. and didn't have, um, didn't want the time to go out and party. I had my son, and and that was that was where I was. Um, so I kind of, I suppose I didn't want to be putting pressures on him be saying Ken you can't do this that or the next thing so I I, I just let him do what he he done and okay. enjoy his life and go with his friends and he still okay. yeah he still I'm not saying that he he went and done that and didn't he bother spending time with us he did spend time with us mm-hmm. but um, maybe it wasn't as much as he should have so after having your first child when you <clears throat> did you have the gap between the, the the two elder boys are um, three years six days. Three years six days. Yeah, three years six ten, days. In ten minutes. Well, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> fifteen. Ten minutes, fifteen seconds, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it was three years. So it ended up. Um, I had the two the two boys to look after. So again, I mean, he he worked, he done college, very clever man, okay. very clever man, um, very intelligent. Could have went a lot further than he did. Okay. Um, always tried to encourage him to go into IT because that was where mm-hmm. his mindset was. Um, done courses and never run, but just never, never followed it through as much as I wanted mm-hmm. him to do. But um, always wanted to to be with the younger crowd and the friends and. Mm. And that kind of thing. I don't think he he really let that go. And how you you've had a third yeah a third child so when was? I did yeah that was four, that was four years ten minutes no four, no. <laughs> so, four <laughs> years then so between that was four years three so basically within, <coughs> so basically within mm. you were saying as we were briefly talking before but you within that living year period things yeah. were hunky dory you your kids your, your three kids. Yeah. He was working hard, he was working, coming back, things were okay, just said, husband yeah, goes to work. Husband if he was out of work, he was doing college, and if, mm-hmm. if that didn't work, you know, like if he finished college, then he was back, work came and went, so, it did okay. come and go. So you were um, just living, you obviously, you living yeah, life, and yeah, you just husband and wife, yeah. kids, watching the kids grow up, feeding That's them, it. taking them to school, that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, correct. So everything was pretty much normal, mm. so... When did, okay, when did, Bob Mines, when did the shit hit the fan? Well, I was going to say pretty much normal, what is normal? I mean, uh, normal to one person can be completely not, normal yeah. to, can, can be different uh, to another. Um, it was basically when, when I decided I wanted to do a, a kind of wee part-time job and... Right. Um, I don't think he really liked it because I was getting a wee bit of independence and he didn't like that. I mean, if I was carrying on with the kids, he wouldn't be happy. He would he would want me to behave in a certain way. Mm. Um, but on the flip side of that, he was behaving his way right. outside the house, out with the house. He was letting his hair down and, and being who he was. But um, yeah, I had that part-time job. Um, got a wee bit of independence, felt a wee bit better in myself, mm. and um, he wasn't happy. He wasn't a happy chappy. Right. Um, <clears throat> things were said. Um, a friend stepped in because he was 
kind of getting too controlling and pulling me down quite a bit. Right. Um, because, I mean, I think when you get a part-time job and, and you're out in that working environment, then you feel better within yourself. Mm. And, and you're talking to other people, you're yeah. communicating with both sexes. It gives you the confidence. Uh... It boosts the confidence a bit, yeah. So, and, and and he's seen that happen, and I don't think he, he really wanted that to happen, so, to be honest. And the reason why he took on the part-time job was because just because the kids are older, they're at school, so you can have that time... Yeah, they were. Yeah. And and I felt as though I was contributing as well. It wasn't just okay. left on his shoulders. Okay. Um so yeah, there was there was an incident where there was things said, um, maybe nasty things towards me and a friend who was a, a, a dear friend who knew us, knew us both who mm. we were young, kinda stepped in because he used to be friends with him and he used to pal about with him when mm. he was he was out with so he knew things that I didn't know. Right. And um, then came about the fact that he had actually cheated. The friend had kind of gave me hints. But you weren't? Two and two. Well, he gave me hints and um, it wasn't hard to put two and two together. Right. I was I was concerned that um, obviously he cheated. Obviously he had... Um, yeah, gone off and done whatever, but... Well, I think was, more was, so. I think to be honest, it was. Um, was he away for like because of the kind of work he did? Was he away for like maybe a week or something? Away no, for, was no, he wasn't. Was just, this had started. This had started for the very beginning. So he'd been. Yeah, so, before before the child was so, born. So he was kind of like a lady. He was just a bit of a ladies' man. Very much so. Right. Okay. Very much so. Um, like I said, I don't think he he let that single life go. I think okay. he, it's the case he wanting the cake and eating it. Okay. So um, but yeah, that, so so that came out. Um, and as any woman, you want to know exactly what happened. Why? I think and why. Oh, big why? big question is why. Did you ever? Why did you do it? Why? Mm. What was it that was wrong? I mean, what was it that was wrong with me? Yeah. What, why did you feel the need you needed to go somewhere else? Yeah. Um. He didn't want to answer the questions, though. He did not want to answer the questions. I needed, I felt I needed the questions mm. to heal. Um, he needed answers. Mm -hmm. He definitely needed the answers, and, and he wasn't prepared. He gave me so much, and then it was like to try like, and sweep it under the carpet, just leave it, just leave it. Like avoided, change the topic quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're asking why did you choose to, well, what made you have an affair, know, well, what made you cheat yeah. to be married, why did you, well, what was the point of, like, obviously asking the point, what was the point of marrying me in the first place to go out and cheat? Basically. Pretty yeah, much. Basically, yeah. That's the way it goes. I mean, why go into a marriage when you've got that in your head, you're not, can you not over that part in your life, you want to have X mm. number of partners or whatever, why then get married? Yeah. Um, so so from that from the time that you found out mm -hmm. and from the time when you found out and then going forward um, when you obviously you're trying to find out obviously things must have been getting a little bit heated uh, arguments and yeah very much and when did it suddenly when did it erupted <laughs> when did it suddenly erupt and mm. he actually when did the, <clears throat> the violence start coming into it I think because I wanted the questions and, and I think to be fair I was like a Jack Russell with a red rag in its mouth. I'd, I needed to know. Mm. 
Right. For my own sake. Just because like I said, you, you do turn it in on yourself and you do think it's obviously something wrong with me right. that he, he's went off and done this. So okay. what is it that I can change to make that better? Or could I have changed anything to make it better? Or could I have said something to mm-hmm. maybe no make him cheat? I don't know. There's, there's loads don't of things go through your head all at the one time, but it ended up in an argument. Um, he grabbed me and threw me down the floor very, very heavily, which... which the way I landed, my shoulder blade hit the floor first, mm. bounced up, dislocated the collarbone. Okay. So, um, we were in hospital, and and he was in tears. Right. And he was sorry. Um, I didn't. I mean, as far as anybody was concerned, the ambulance crew and everything, I'd slipped in water in the kitchen floor. Right. And I'd fell down, and and that's the way it went. So he was kind of playing the. I kind of crying, obviously feeling trying to feel sorry when he didn't really feel sorry, or maybe he did. I mean, how did you? Obviously, I, there was somebody's. He's obviously pushed you over, and then suddenly, but then how did it? Or once that at first, once that had happened, mm-hmm. how did it gradually get worse? Or what was the kind of? I mean, that's obviously I mean, to push you down very hard and to dislocate your collarbone, and yeah. it's a kind of. I mean, and what made you to suddenly say you just slipped on water? I mean, how, what, why did you sort of hold back to suddenly not tell the truth that you actually pushed me? I loved him. Because love Basically, yeah. the be all and end all, I loved the man. Okay. And didn't he want him in the trouble? And want... and thought, and and again, put it inward to myself and, and thought, well, maybe I have pushed, maybe I have kept asking the questions and just push, push, push so the blame, buttons blame, and he's reacted. So blaming yourself when, when yeah. it's not really your fault on the... Uh, I didn't see that, mate. You know what I mean? Aye. Yeah. Mm. So, but obviously then you didn't see that. No, yeah. never seen yeah. that. So way. what was... <clears throat> so after you got to the hospital, what was, it, what was kind of life like? Obviously you're still trying to... You still don't know your answer, but how did you... I, what, I knew what, so much, but the... Yeah, it, it kept rearing its ugly head, it, it would still... And I actually said to him in, in the hospital, um, just tell me, if there's anything else you need to tell me, tell me now, because I don't want to go X number of years down the line and then find out there's another skeleton in the closet Yeah. or, or something else has happened that you've not told me, so just tell me it all now and then we'll get it over and done with yeah. and then we can possibly moved on, move on. Um. We, re- we we actually decided um, he said there was nothing right. and then he, he suggested renewing our vows because when we did get married we got married in a, in the manse which was quite a private small ceremony and he thought well let's do it big right. and let's get the whole white wedding done okay. which we did the boys were a bit older as well so mm. we did that and that was supposed to be Drawing a line in the sand. Let's move Start on. Again. Let's let's go with the flow. Bearing in mind, I had asked him to tell me everything, but and he said there was nothing else at all that was in the background. Okay, so after you'd been gone through the process for renewing your vows, yep. what was the next? So what was part two basically? What, what was, was that? part two? Um, it was. I don't know. I, I'm. Pretty sure some of your viewers will think I'm quite naive, but um, he had actually contracted 
um, an STD. Okay. Well, I would imagine you call it an STD. It was crabs. It's crabs, sexual yeah. transmitted. Yeah. For the people who are listening, if you're not sure, it's a sexual transmitted, a sexual transmitted disease. Obviously, so. Now this was this was prior um, to the the whole incident incident coming out. Okay. To the the first time I was abused, this was he contracted that years ago. Right. And and I was doing some care work at the time, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know why it sprung in my mind. Obviously, even though he had said that there was nothing else here, mm-hmm. there was clearly something in the back of my head telling me there was. Right. Women's instinct, your gut feeling, whatever yeah, we want to put it. Yeah. I mean, of how, I mean, how he was, I mean, we were reading your vows, and I mean, even though he, you just find out he's been cheating, he just mm-hmm. pushed you to the floor. I mean, how obviously you loved him, but how sometimes when you've got somebody that's abusive, I mean, how was your general, as a couple, were you still kind of intimate or were you not intimate? Were you, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a scenario that you tend to be quite into. You have his, you'll be sleeping with him, but if he's sleeping around, <coughs> the risk of you catching this an STD as well, which is you didn't know about, but obviously, your gut feeling in the back of your mind, you're thinking there's something not quite right, but you're sleeping with the guy or whatever you're doing, or and he's out cheating as well. I think, be. to be honest, I still had him in a pedestal, and I don't think it would have mattered come hell or high water, whatever you call what, it. Uh, yeah, you didn't care really, no. No, so so life was put back to normal. Right. Whatever normal is, so as I said already. So uh, whatever normal is. So yeah. processes going on, things <laughs> happy days. So you find out you weren't sure, but you obviously you weren't sure uh, what was some basically. Well, sorry again. Some what I'm trying to say is he'd. Uh, how did you find out you contacted crabs or what? How did that? That's what I'm saying. This was prior. prior. This so was he prior. To oh, so when did you start? Okay, so when did you this start? This was prior to the first. The, the, the first incident. Okay. The first so incident of now, him sorry, now, actually right. cheating. Right. So how did you? So with that inkling in the back of your mind, yeah. when did you start asking or what would you? What did you say? Listen, what something? Something I know that thing. There's something still. Well, I mean, me. because he contracted crabs. Yes. Um, did you catch anything? Years ago. Yeah. Okay. Years, years prior okay. to the first incident coming out, um, again, still in that um, first spell of your marriage, mm-hmm. um, I contracted, and, and his excuse of that was, I caught it off the toilet seat. <laughs> really? Really. My, um, my word. Bearing in mind, I'm trying to think, I th- I'm pretty sure that my second son had not long been born. Um, so I was still quite young and like I said I was naive I had him on a pedestal I, I wouldn't have believed for one minute he would have told me any lies or, or done anything behind my back so yeah I, I took that on the cuff and I thought well he's telling me the truth that's that's how he contracted it but like I said after the renewal of vows and I was doing some more care work um and the last that I was working with, I got quite friendly with. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like I said, it was niggling. So I actually said to her about it, mm-hmm. could you potentially catch this off the toilet seat? And she's like, no way. No. So again, you. there's your doubt. And and, and I faced him with it. Mm-hmm. I faced him with it. 
um, which which ended up a storm and I keep the teacup again ended up blown up he wouldn't tell me mm-hmm. he said he'd slept with somebody else again right so you're still cheating really so this is yeah this was after the 11 years okay so what happened was he violent against you did what happened I mean can he obviously there's been yeah yeah I mean it, it just I couldn't I mean I gave him the chance when the first incident came out and everything had come out in the wash then to tell me if there was anything else he hadn't t- told me we went through a whole rigmarole of getting the renewal of vows done and, and lo and behold we're back to square one again okay. um so this time, I think, with the two incidents um, and the way he was feeling and the way I was pushing for answers, it just it got worse and worse and worse. So what kind of, obviously after, well, the first incident was your major one, but what, what was kind of, what was he doing to you violent, violently, basically? A lot of mental. Um, so he was, a lot of mental. How, and how, what was he saying to you or what was he kind of doing to bring it It was my fault. It was my fault. This this whole thing of him cheating was my fault. Right, okay. So he was gradually just saying it was your fault. But what was... Did he Everything. give a reason? He never ever gave a reason. I was... It was like... Well, I'm saying he never gave a reason. Um, it was more to the fact that maybe I wasn't good in bed or... I wasn't doing this right, or I wasn't doing that right. Right. So how was it, why did he, when did he, st- well, when did he, when did he start, when did he start hitting you again, or what, obviously... Being, it's just, like I said, there was incidents. What, what, what incidents happened? <laughs> just for people who maybe, for, if there's people who are listening out there, if you're, mm. um, you maybe are going through this, and you're listening to this, and you're finding this, is that like you're having a bit of a wake-up call, thinking, yeah. wow, okay, Right, this is good. This is this is what I'm going through, and you're carrying on listening. So, well, I mean, what other things? I mean, did he punch you? What, what other injuries did you get? Did you well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you, you would get into the fact that, like I said, I would push for answers or try and get answers, and and he wouldn't give me them. And mm. what he was doing was protecting friends that were involved in this, right, that okay. knew about this. Um, like he would you... rather protect them than tell me what I needed to know. Right, okay. Um, yeah, just the, the relationship just broke. It just totally broke. I couldn't believe that he had, after giving the chance, he tell me everything. So how what how bad do things really get? Because obviously, you, after being you're with obviously being with him eleven years. Up and from those eleven years, when you find out and all the, the situations kicked off, until mm. you eventually left them, how bad did it really get? How low did you feel, or what was your what was happening oh, in your I life? Mean, yeah, I mean, he he punched me. I burst lips. He dislocated my jaw. Um, it was more the sort of mental thing. It was continually. I was told that it was my fault. It was my fault. Um, no rhyme, no reason. It's all your fault. This is why I did it. Was he, was he still working away? What was he doing? Was he still back and forth? Yeah, back and forth. So when he was at work, how have you been feeling? You must have been feeling. You know, you got the kids. Your confidence is shot to pieces. Yep. How are you? How did you? How did you get through your day? How did you get through day to day? I had the kids to concentrate on. So my boys kept me, kept me going. 
Okay. And and that's where I put all my energies into, because I always felt that, um, although I loved him, although I had him in that pedestal, um, I wasn't getting that love reciprocated. Mm-hmm. So the only way I could make myself happy was seeing my boys happy. Okay. So whatever, whether it be toys that they wanted, clothes that they wanted... You just... I would do whatever I, I could do to get them that. Right. Um, yeah, like like couples, we all have debt. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if it was Casey not paying X, Y, or Z and giving my boys X, Y, and Z, right. I would do it. Right, okay. You know so what I mean? You basically almost put yourself in... It's like a... Basically, yeah. Want, but but just, that was making me feel happy so because I could see yeah. them being happy. So I wasn't getting the yeah. love for the person that I loved. So you drew basically almost put yourself in debt just to keep, it was like mm. a, a coping mechanism, a coping mechanism in a sense. Basically. So did you, how much debt did you get yourself into because Quite of that? Quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot. Are you, are you, no, are you, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, just the fact of no paying bills that should have been paid. And when um, the bills weren't getting paid, what was going to happen? Oh, that was causing friction. That was causing friction. And, and I felt that it was... He was very much jealous at the fact that I was giving this attention to the boys and not him. Right. As well. So what would mean? So he was getting quite jealous and quite abusive, and mm. he was really, really jealous of the boys. Mm. Really jealous. What What advice would you give uh, with this? That's the stages that, that you're at now. What advice would you give people who are listening to this, if they're in it, going through this situation? What advice would you say to them now? What would you tell them? In what respect to what? Just uh, the, the story, the part of the story that your life that you just told. I mean, how would you, what would you, if you're, if you looking back, if you're looking, what would you say to say if you're, to, if you just listen to them tell, it's pretty much the same story to what you've just said so mm-hmm. far. What would you say to them? How to get out of it? What would how you to say? get out of it? I think you, I think in hindsight, I should have got out of it. A long time before I did. I think that I basically stayed... I'm not saying I... Well, I did. I stayed for the kids. I, I felt that the kids needed mum and dad. That was that was the relationship they right. needed. And I couldn't see myself take the kids out of that relationship and not have their dad, not have the contact to that, not have that unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but on hindsight, I should have took them out of it. OK. Because they suffered... Right. They suffered. So, kind of, so the process went on, your bills weren't getting paid, but mm-hmm. also you had a, a very, very, you had to make a choice before you, you had to make a choice before you, you actually finally called it a day in this relationship, which is something you, something you find, I'm sure people who, women who have gone through this will understand. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that, what was that choice, the next step? How you get out? Yeah, <clears throat> but, I mean the relationship. There was there was nothing there. There wasn't. I, I, I never wanted to have any more sort of intimate con- contact with him. Um, what? How? Because you did talk about you had another potentially could have had a fourth. Yeah. Child. Yeah, I did. I, I said to you before we started the interview. Um, when my my. Youngest son was two. I had actually fell pregnant again, mm. and um, 
everything going to be a fourth child. So his mentality on that was to sit with a bit of paper and the pros and cons of having this child. Now, I was still really, really young and my whole mentality all the way through is a life's a life. Mm. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to have that kid. But because I was so low and didn't think I would cope and everything else, mm. um, like I said, sat with a bit of paper. What would be the pros and what would be the cons? I had three boys. Mm. So, yeah, a girl would be the plus side. Everything else would be negative. Right, OK. Um, he said that if I didn't abort it, then he wouldn't be there. And at that point, I suffered quite badly <clears throat> with depression, mm. uh, postnatal depression after my third. And um, was just starting to get over it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the prospect of you know, having a father there um, for the boys, not being able to cope, I, I didn't think I could cope. No way. With four kids. Well, is, uh, I mean, obviously, experience, I mean, I... With depression, there's different styles of there's different yeah. kinds of depression. or say styles. There's different. I mean, what is how degrees, do, what yeah. degrees of the what is the <clears throat> with postnatal depression? Obviously, only women can understand that. But uh, mm-hmm. what is the kind of how what what do you go through? What's the, what happened? I mean, obviously, with having a third child, what what's I couldn't cope. I couldn't cope with just the three kids. I just uh, how do you no. feel? I mean, how you? I I I was suicidal at one point. Okay. I just could not... I didn't know what was happening to me. I, I had panic attacks. I okay. had fear of dying. Um, unable to cope. I had these two elder boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the baby. And, I mean, they're all... How old were your kids when you the other boys when they, at the time? So maybe, you know, talk about it. Seven, four... How, how how did your kid, how, how did this all this all what was going on with mummy mm-hmm. and daddy? How did your kids so how did it affect them? Obviously, did you see much of it, or did you keep it hidden, or what was the kind of? No, I think the eldest was was aware. I mean, kids pick up and and things like this, so um, they would have picked up in quite a bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, arguments or whatever. I mean, yeah, it affects them. It doesn't okay. matter. You can, I don't think you can hide it. They, they, they know the tensions there. They can pick up on the, att- the mm-hmm. tension. Um, whether they hear or see anything, they can still pick up on the, t- the tension that's caused between two adults. Okay. So going back to the, when you're sitting, <clears throat> sitting down doing the pros and cons regarding having an abortion, I mean, obviously it, kind of be, it was not an easy choice to make when you actually wanted to, mm. uh, keep, wanted to keep it. Keep it. And when you're, so when, what, what, because you were so, did you say yes, just go for it, or wasn't no, it wasn't the case. I mean, I was thirteen and a half weeks gone 13. before I actually um, was admitted to hospital. Right. Okay. Um, and that was after trying to work out all different ways that I could possibly keep it, but I, I just was mentally not stable enough, yeah. or it drained you to totally drained me, totally beat me down. I was worthless. Um, there was no way I was going to be able to cope with four. So, going through the process after you well, you got the abortion. Mm. What was how were you feeling? What was it mean? 
they, we were so sorry for us. <clears throat> they were some stupid questions to ask, no, but you know, how were you? Me, you must. How are you feeling? Me, did you? Horrible, horrible experience. Out, did you know what? Empty. Empty. Did, did you know what sex it was going to be at all? I didn't know. No, I didn't know. Um, I don't know. As women, I've got gut feelings. I mean, I felt it was a girl. You could have. You could have had a door. Yeah. Of having three sons. Yeah, the potential was there. Okay. But um, I mean, I was just I was devastated when he came in. I didn't get any sympathy. I didn't get any comfort in. Um, he drove me home, and I kept the road we were on. I kept looking back. You could see the the hospital building, hmm. and um, his words to me were, "What are you looking back at?" I says, I just feel like I've left something behind. I don't feel complete. And he says, well, so you do a shit in the toilet and you feel like you've left something behind. Hmm. And that's how he... How old were you then when that happened? If your son was two, he would play. Um, you can get some... Yeah, we can. 26, 27. 26, okay. But still very yeah so traumatic experience so what was the what was what was the next stage after that what kind of mm, things we've kind of went back to come forward again though haven't we oh but yeah so you've kind of had you've had the abortion <clears throat> um going forward yeah, yeah I mean piecing this together you you'd got to like obviously we took a step back there to, to go back into the abortion. Yeah. Um, and where we were was at the fact that what made me leave mm-hmm. and come to that decision that enough was enough. Yeah, I mean, to be twi- I mean, 27 then at the time. <laughs> to finally, you said you were, what, 42 when you... I was 42 when I left. So the best part of our 15 years to carry on yeah. is a long time to be in an abusive relationship. I mean... Mm-hmm. With ups and downs and Lots arguments. Of arguments. And was he stop? Was he was he really badly physical, or was it just not as much? No, he he wasn't. More, it was more, more mentally, more, more psychological. Put you down. Yeah, and just yeah, put me down. Saying, no, you're, um, you're, you're anything, crap. anything that was that had gone wrong. If his trousers weren't ironed, or a shirt wasn't ironed, or right, okay, stupid things. The arguments broke out. You just know what I mean? That. And uh, um, yeah, I was. Just made to feel worthless. So, when, I mean, how did, what, what was the tipping point for you to say, right, I'm, I'm leaving, but right, I'm finished, just take the kids and go, where did you go? Well, the kids, the kids weren't kids then, were they? They, they, um, the eldest was married, um, he had a child of his own. That's Um, right, because yeah. Yeah. And the other one was in a relationship, and both had moved out. So it was, it was only the youngest, and and he was nearly sixteen. So, so like the one you had to take with you. So, um, so, yeah. when, so when you made, what did you have to? What did you say to your son to suddenly say, right, that's it, we're leaving, or where did you go, or what? what well, what <clears> not only, not only he was he was abusive, and and a lot of that, I've not really, I've. I've not really went into it, but um, a lot of that was to do with drug intake. So he was, okay, so he was actually a drug, he was taking drugs? He was taking drugs, and 
it obviously impacted my, my youngest son quite dramatic because he had then, um, because he, he knew his dad was Baking. taking drugs. And, and we're not talking like cannabis. He started cannabis, mm. but I mean, it went on a very, very heavy. Heroin and cocaine, cocaine and stuff, yeah. And did it kind of rub off onto your son? Um, <clears throat> no, I think he, um, he could see that there was a friction. He could see that I deserved better. He could see the way his dad was treating me. Right. Um, he, he and himself got abused, right. abused as well because he was... He was built differently for the other two. He was a chunkier kid. Right. So he started just to mentally abuse him. He was fat. Right. He had glasses. So that was that was two aspects he would pick on. Okay. Um, he got a lot more of my attention. Right. Um, so it got to the stage where we knew he was taking the cocaine, but it was trying to actually prove it. Um... And a night he had came in, he had dropped a packet. Oh, right. With remnants that were in the packet, so um, that was kind of... You call him red-handed? Um, Pretty much. I didn't catch him red-handed, but I mean, we, we took it away. <clears throat> I put it in an envelope safe, and um, I'd actually sat him down and asked him about it okay. and what he was taking and he denied everything and this was a man who brought up his kids not to lie right okay so he but he sat barefaced at me and, and lied about the fact he was taking so cocaine been a compulsive liar all his life pretty much pretty much yeah pretty much but would punish the boys for lying right um <clears throat> but yeah, my son took it quite bad okay. and um, it affected him mentally to the fact that he was, in his head, he wanted to get rid of his dad because he felt that without him, our life would be happier. Okay. I would be happier. Mm-hmm. Um, so he um, got his, he ended up feeling really low and, and hearing voices and thinking how could he get rid of his dad he even had it mapped out in his head how to kill him how to kill him um, okay. I was alerted to that through the school and um, he was taken into um, hospital right, okay. mental hospital because they were worried for not only my son's safety but obviously his, his dad's dad. safety because he had this mapped out he knew right. how he would do it right. and and how he would make it look as though it was an accident right okay and this is a boy he's 15 15 wow he was 15 at that point um, I fought tooth and nail he was only in um, I'm saying only in but it was enough it was a traumatic experience he mm. was in a ward with bless some souls that were were just not there yeah um, so a traumatic experience for any young kid and um, he I got him out within a couple of days managed to get him out um, but his dad had actually said that he deserved to be there right okay so yeah 
so he didn't oh, start, he abused the kids as well, pretty much. And I'd say more so the younger, the, the, the younger the older one. ones get abused a lot. The older better, ones right? were more, um, at that point, you could scalp them. Right, okay. But it was a belt. Okay, it's a belt. Okay. So after the experience with your son, the uh, mm. youngest being hospital and things, mm. when did you say to just call it? Call it quits. How did you build up the, you build up the confidence to suddenly go, enough's enough, that's it, I'm walking, mm. this is finished, we're done, I'm getting out of here? There was, there was a lot of, obviously progression in it um, a lot of things that came into the pot to make me think enough's enough and uh, one particular incident it only needed a tiny wee bit it was like it was hanging by a thread and after that happened with the youngest um, he then blamed me for the abortion mm -hmm. he, he had came in I hadn't done something for him, started an argument and I was ready to walk out and he grabbed me mm -hmm. and said that um, it was my fault, that baby was torn out of my stomach, that baby would be in bits, I let that happen. So enough was enough. That was it? That was it. It was, it was gone before that anyway, it was definitely gone before so. that, it was just... Trying to do the right thing by the kids, mm -hmm. if you could call them kids. So where did you go after? Where did you, when you decided to leave, where did you go? <clears> homeless. Yeah, homeless. Yeah. How long were you homeless for? Um, I was in homeless for about a year and a half. Where did you just, you just streets or where, where did you No, 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 no. They put, me, they put me in, up in a hotel at Startway and then gave me a temp accommodation, which right. was out with where I had been living. Okay. Um, what happened to your son? He was, he was 16, 17, probably, so he was he, probably... He stayed in the house for a certain length of time um, because I gave him the choice whether right. he, he came with me or whether he stayed. Right, okay. Um, and he decided he wanted to stay and he stayed so for I, a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. He only stayed for a short period of time and then he phoned me saying that he couldn't handle it anymore. So you there? And he came with me. So did he just join you in the shelter? It was a homeless, homeless like I said, temple accommodation. They gave me in a different, a different area okay. of where I was actually located. So how, when did you, so going for being with being homeless and mm -hmm. obviously you have to start again. You take, you've yeah. had just a life of being married and living in a home, bringing oh. up kids, but to suddenly just have to from going from having all that to nothing. Basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a sense, when you're in a relationship like that, you're um, you very much that person that's controlling. Mm. You, you never, never, ever think you can manage without that person. Did you ever want after making the decision so, in your head? And did you mm. ever think do I want to? Do you, do you ever think oh, I'll just go back, or did you kind of feel the because you've not been in a homeless shelter, like a, a temporary accommodation? And not having no. the luxuries of what you had, if you know what I mean. Mm. When he's aware, you got your you got your home. He had the home, yeah. Yeah, he but, had the home. but when being in the home and having luxuries, did you ever think I'll oh, just apologise and go back? And did you ever? No, that, that was that was that was, that was prior. That was prior to that final straw. I did. Oh, there did? was occasions where incidents had happened, and and maybe 
he left and went and stayed with his mum. Right, and, okay. and And I kind of let him back in. Right, okay. so he did, he did... So there was the incident. There was a kind of back and... There was a it few, was back and forth, so, yeah. So he yeah. kind of left a few times and then mm-hmm. eventually it came to the point yeah. after he blamed you for I mean, the, all the way through, I mean, incidents that happened, I mean, yeah, I would maybe go around to friends and and yeah. kind of chill out there and then think, no, we can make a go yet and went back and tried again and tried again and tried again, but... There comes a point where you think you, you just kind of keep going on like this. Yeah. It's, it's madness. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. Yeah. So what well, when you so going going forward your life, you mm-hmm. how when did you start getting your life turned around? It was hard. It was really homeless. really hard because being in a homeless place and like I said, when you you're in a kind of controlling um, relationship, you you depend on that person mm-hmm. so so much. I never ever visualised myself having a house to deal with, far less bills, far mm. less trying to organise where, kind of where the money was coming in for. So right. I did go off the rails a bit. I did. Kind of couldn't cope. Um, had to go for counselling. Mm-hmm. Um, but friends that were dear friends supported me. So and were there how far, to help. You, how far did you go off the rails? How far? Um, I didn't do anything stupid. I mean, just... I, I suffered a lot of depression. Mm. And a lot of... No being able to cope. Been up and down. Lost piles of weight. Okay. Piles of weight. Um, been doing it a size. Eight. Right. Um... And just I was skinny, I was worried, I wasn't eating. Still made sure that the kind my son was fine. That that was my priority to make okay. sure he was okay. And bearing in mind we'd we moved out the area, so he wasn't in contact with his brothers. So I tried to keep maintaining that contact. Um, but in maintaining that contact, I was then going into the area where he was. So right. it, it was difficult. Okay. But um. They were going to put me in a different area again, and I didn't want because my son had went to college. He had decided he wanted to go to college, mm. so he was halfway through a course, and they were going to throw me into a different area, which would have been difficult, i.e., train links and everything else to get into college. So I saved up some money and um, went and got a private let, put the deposit down, because then. I would be in the area that he needed to be in for his college. He would be secure. It was more about him. It was more about keeping him secure, were making still, sure his life mm. wasn't getting. Were you still doing the care work in the, the part no, of the job, or no, what happened? No, I'd left. I couldn't cope with with life in general. It was really, so what, really difficult. So what? What did you? How did you save all the money? Uh, Having not obviously not working, obviously not working, you're struggling to cope. How did you get the money to save up to be able to put that? Deposit? Very very difficult. Yeah. Very <laughs> difficult. Off benefits and keeping putting that money back. Right. I had borrowed um I'd borrowed some money off a good friend. Okay. Who was quite happy to do that. Right. Um. So between the two, you know what I mean. I needed to keep the security around my son's head so and you... make sure he was safe. He was. He had a life. So at what point um <clears throat> what point did you when you had a lot you began counselling when mm. did you suddenly start to feel 
you again, or should I say normal, or not missing well, kind of certain things out. You're, you're, <laughs> obviously, you know, kind of thing. I, I, for me personally, I've done a mm. kind of a depression like, you know, it's not mm. easy. And I've, I've done an introduction, I've done a course, a course. Mm. I know what's involved. I mean, how, yeah. when did you start? I mean, because you're bringing a, a lot of stuff to the surface. Yeah. Uh, in your life that you into bring it to the surface and talk about it. it's not easy no, and it's so. hard and it's a lot of tears a lot of mm-hmm. uh, emotion and mm-hmm. it's you're kind of it's, it's, yeah. I was going to say it's unlocking the closed yeah, doors exactly it's exactly what it is so at what point did you suddenly feel that you'd kind of you're, you're achieved you're cl- you've Climbed out of this hole that you were in, that you were unlocked, you pretty I much think, released I think, a lot of the things that had gone on. Yeah, I think you, um, moving into the the accommodation, was it was a better a better way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happier. My mm-hmm. son was happier. He was getting on with college. Everything turned a, a turn for the the better. I was getting out. I felt a bit um, freer. Mm-hmm. So you would have been about, yeah. what, 43, 44 kind of thing? How long were you kind of been processed? Um, for, for about 44. 44. I'd say about 44, 45, so, something like that. So it's only, so, so after doing that, things just started to get a bit more normal and kind of feel better and you go really obviously you're mm. in a nice place, you're happier, mm. your son's happier. The next step would be to try and get work, what are you going to do? What exactly. Was your, what did you choose to do work-wise, or how did you? Well, I done. Unfortunately, the the temp accommodation. I know the temp accommodation. The accommodation that I had um, the private let mm-hmm. um, was getting sold for underneath me. Mm. So unfortunately, I went homeless again. Oh dear! Right. Okay. So it wasn't quite. It was another. <laughs> it wasn't. Well, I know, it wasn't okay, quite so as clean cut. I wish it was. But it, it wasn't. Okay. So I was back to. Um, having to move out into temp accommodation again until right. I got something, um, something sorted. Yep. But um, how long did that take? Obviously, it's been a. I mean, after we obviously you got a flat, then you got your second. You're homeless again. Yeah, I was about two and a half years after I got the right the um, private let that the landlord decided he was going to sell up. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're back to the council flat. Okay. Um, temp accommodation until the council rehomed us about four months later. Okay. Into a permanent residence. Um, and basically, life just you can say you're still in the same place. I'm now. still in the same place, yeah. So yeah, it's still in the same place. And that's, now you're free. so now you're free. <laughs> so how? So when you finally realise that you just you're just yeah, that was all. You finally the chain was finally broken. You're right. a, a good distance. You're just mm. distance away mm. from all of what happened. Yeah. I mean to reflect and all of that to go through that. I mean when you're suddenly you can actually reflect, but actually, mm-hmm. you just your eyes wide open. Yeah, your eyes are open. And you realize. I mean, what were you feeling? I mean to really think. How did I? Why did I, How did I go through that? How did I not see it? How did I? Yeah, I, I, hindsight. Hindsight yeah, is hindsight, a fantastic exactly. thing, but because as you get older, as you get older, you get wiser. You learn things, and when you look back, and you think, well, to be my to think, obviously, if you were to, if for example, if you were able to go back to the future, for example, and obviously to speak to your younger, what would you say? To see your younger self, or if you if you had the opportunity to not to 
do really I wish I'd spoke. I wish I'd, I, I wish I'd spoke. Um, I had my mum at the time, and especially with the whole abortion, mm-hmm. um, if I'd told her what was going on, if I'd opened up and told her, um, I know for a fact she would have said, leave them. I'll help you, I'll support you, I'll do everything I can to help. So maybe if you, at that time... And you can manage, she would have supported me. So at that time in your life, if you mm. just simply to- said to your mum, mm. this is what happened, you yeah. could have been, your life could have been totally different. Completely different. Completely, Completely different. But because of love is a, yeah. a dangerous tool. It is, very much so. <clears throat> so. Very much so. But I don't look back no. anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless I want to see how far I've came. Right, okay. So, you're finally in your primary residence, you've got your mm-hmm. new house, finally you're there, you're still there. Um, how did the modelling happen? Well, how did, you were going to have to get a job. What was your, your biter sitting listening through the paper? What can I do? You need to get money. Mm-hmm. It was actually... What, how did the... Suddenly, the, how did you start on the just, track of modelling? It was strange. It was um, in the, the temp, not the temp, the private light that I took on board, there was um, a, a wall in the bathroom which was completely mirrored tiles. Okay. And I had planned on going out with one of my friends that night. Okay. And, I, um, and as women are never on time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, so, nice, guy, nice guy, dress. Guys sitting there <laughs> Oh, come on. You think crumbs? These are a guy with 10 seconds to get ready. Is I've just put my makeup in a minute. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We're never on time. Sleeping on the sofa. So I'm ready, ready to go, want a picture. Friend has turned up, has she? She's still on the route through. So I'm thinking, right, okay, I've got a mirrored wall here in the bathroom. Let's stand in the bath and take the picture. Okay. <laughs> right. Which I did. And um, I put it on Facebook. So it was my profile pic. Right. And lo and behold... People started commenting. No, a nice photographer contacted me. Right. He had wow. seen it. Okay. He had seen it and I had um, put a long spiel together. I can't remember what was in it. But basically... it. He didn't. He wouldn't contact just anybody, and he wanted to do a shit. See, okay. So, I thought, yeah, why not? Let's go. Let's have a go at it. So. I never thought anything would come. Yet. I thought he was going to come. I thought it was quite funny at first because okay. I thought, shoot, yeah, okay. My dad, when I was younger, used to make me pose. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a picture, so you just pose there, hold that flower a certain way. It's funny, right. but um. Yeah, so so he came along. Did your first shoot? Colin then? Allen, yep. He was, was the, the first, first guy that done the shoot. So after your first shoot, what was the kind of outcome from that? Um, I was quite excited about it because I felt, yeah, I felt so, like I said, free. And, so. and, and I loved being in front of that camera. I could express myself. So and, and seeing the pictures... I think when you're looking in the mirror, you see something completely different to what other people see when they look at you. Okay. And to see the pictures, I was just, it was like, wow. So. So if you're getting, getting all some dolled up makeup on, professional oh, yeah, look. yeah, it's fantastic. And actually having to, 
and looking at his Getting photos pampered. pampered for hee-haw really because <laughs> you're getting the photos taken yeah definitely <laughs> so, it was good it was hard work you put me through the work definitely yeah I had some sore bits in the morning and mm-hmm. didn't know what had hit me so but um, muscles you hadn't used oh muscles I'd never used in god knows how long so <laughs> yeah they were they were very much used so after your good. after your first shoot how mm-hmm. did what developed from there it was actually me that contacted um, a modelling agency that was in the area, first okay. first step models. Went up, had a chat with the um, the man who who was running it at the time, mm-hmm. um, Duncan Bennett. Okay. Had a chat with him, um, and he said, "Yeah." I think Colin, if I recall right, a Colin had took about five hundred odd shots that night. Five hundred, wow. That was a lot of shots. That's, that's and um when I spoke to Duncan, he says, Oh no, 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 I wouldn't take as many as that. But anyway, come up and we'll do a shoot. And I went up and um I think I could be wrong, but I'm sure he took over five hundred pictures as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was quite a lot. He couldn't. He was like, I've never taken this amount of pictures. But anyway, um, so I done a, a few bits and bobs with Duncan, and and unfortunately he had to close the studio down. So then it was, um, what did I do next? Because I had, I had the buzz for it. I had, I thought, yeah, I really really like this. I can express myself. Um, felt good. Fantastic. So I'd actually um, met a, a chap. It didn't go romance, right. but um, he was actually a photographer as well, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that when I'd met him. And um, he he done a couple of shoots for me and, and then advised me to go on to Model Mayhem. Okay. To put a profile up on that. I thought I'll never get anywhere with this, but yeah, I'll go with yeah. it. We'll see how it goes. And how did you feel with it being with being uh, <laughs> approaching modelling at the age you were, considering modelling? <laughs> hence the reason modelling. You most of the stuff you see in the catwalk, catwalk. <clears throat> well, okay, there is older models, but they tend to be a lot younger and mm-hmm. a lot more. They're yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, a lot. Think, I think a lot of women think you know, modelling's modeling for the younger, exactly. The younger but when age. you get to your age, you're no, thinking, no. is mug? Can I do it? Or yes, but no. Got... By then, well, because I'd done the few shoots that I'd done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was determined to to show that modelling isn't just particularly for younger younger, younger women. Um, and and I just wanted to be that vessel, the inspiration for us older women. That um, and I mean, shape, size doesn't matter. Okay. Age doesn't matter. Um, if you got it, flaunt it. Okay. And that's the way I, I take it now. And I would encourage anybody that wanted to do modelling to give it a go because the confidence, the boost. Um, you get fit, it's fantastic and it so, is good. As soon as you put your profile, profile on model mayhem, what mm-hmm. kind of phones start ringing? 
Yeah, I started getting contacted by different photographers, and at that point, um, the photographer that actually asked me, well, advised me to put up and model, uh, model mayhem. He kind of diminished a bit. He disappeared. <laughs> I'll say no more on that subject. Okay. But anyway, the lovely guy. Um, so yeah, I started. He he had actually said to me I would need to do portfolio work for a certain amount of time. Right. Um, because you do. You need to build up that portfolio. You need to do different shoots, different kind of shoots, um, to show your worth. And I think I spent about near enough two years at it. Two years. Building up. Yeah, building up that portfolio, doing all different cranky shoots and silliness. Were you... Loved it. Wait, obviously, building up portfolio, did you, were you kind of just become more open to do any type of modelling shoots? Yeah, I mean, there's there's levels. Um, and I always worked up to nude levels. So you kind of... So we can knock on your local art studio and posing nude and getting painted. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I never, got the chance to, I never got the chance to do that, to be honest. So but I mean, drop yeah. Bed, just drop the game <clears throat> and pose. I've done, yeah, I've done some um, up to nude levels and um, I enjoy, enjoy, I think I enjoy, like, the glamour side. The okay. Well, we... I mean, what at the stage you're at now, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, as you, well, don't mind me revealing your age. <laughs> if you don't, you can tell me your name. Uh, What's that? You don't mind me revealing your age. Not at all. Uh, Not at all. 49 going on. 50. 50. <laughs> Min- minus fat. Not plus fat. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. It's so, only a number. <laughs> so you're about to be your, well, you're almost going to be going on 50. Yeah. Uh, a few months. In a few months, mm-hmm. so you'd be the, the 50, 50 plus, 50 model, 50 plus model kind of category now. Uh, Is that size or age size? I don't think yeah. well, <laughs> you're not that big. <laughs> it's a special size in orbit. Um, but no, um, so now what's your kind of ambition? You know, of, I mean, do you want to continue? How, how long do you want to go modelling for? As long as I can. As long as you can. <laughs> as long as I if, can. Okay. I mean, looking at, I mean, to about turn 50, you're looking at yeah. the best part of 15 years mm-hmm. to, um, you've got 15 years, the best part for you, maybe if you want to retire, <laughs> can't, can't, I mean, I'm probably thinking 15 years. No, modelling, modelling hasn't got an age limit on it. Okay. Definitely not. Kick back and retire, yeah. retire in Spain or something. Still, yeah, well, who knows if I make the millions, I'll do it, but you never but, know. So you're, what is your, well, what's your, the stage you're at the moment, what's your kind of next? Are you just kind of try and get do you keep doing the shoots gradually or? I do the shoots. So I've, I've, I've been to Belgium. I'm due to go to France and Spain this year. Okay. These coming months, um, I've done other shoots. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you uh, you have a let's just say you have a intro. You have a. I have an alias. You have an alias. Just for the people, we can. What is your alias? Tony Lace. Tony Lace. T O N I Lace. Don't go googling that because you I'll be you might go blind. <laughs> yes, trust me. Uh, not, <laughs> that that? I, not that I've googled it. <clears throat> no, not that um, googled so you just um, yeah. If you want to don't want to trip to opticians, just don't google it. <laughs> you, just see you know what everybody's going to do. People are going to be sitting there going. <laughs> 
turn the lights, turn it all. No, gonna be a, a curiosity killing the cat on this one. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So you're, so now you you finally you're, you're getting recognised. Yeah. As I say, you're going yeah, to different right. countries to do shoots. Yeah. Um, which is obviously exciting. You go different, you get opportunities to go to different countries. You can pay, you can pay for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, so you basically. I mean, what would you, what would you say to people that you know, maybe, or, or maybe, in a situation if they were to try modelling, how would you, what would you say to them? You think if they look quite, go for it, or how would you? There's nothing. There's not a point in how or, they look. Or, or, I mean, is it look, no, or just no, not at all. I mean, size, shape, age, whichever. If you have the ambition, if you want to give it a try, give it a try. Okay. Really, um, don't hold back. You you only live once. Uh, so if, so I, uh, I kind of. You only live once. Somebody's about forty stone in benefits. <laughs> Turn it into modelling agency. No, I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I mean, plus yes. don't laugh. Don't laugh. No, no, no. no the yes, plus sorry. size women that are coming in. I think, to be honest, maybe a bit. A bit too shallow there, apologies. Yeah, just, but, just a bit. Well, it's so. okay, I'll slap them later. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so. no, no, no. So. No, I do feel that, not, I mean, catwalk models, and, and a lot of women will look at them, and yeah, they're, they're the clothes hanger, as I call them, clothes hanger type models. Um, it fits, you know what I mean, they're, they're, um, their fashion looks good on them. Okay. But a normal woman looking at a lass walking down a catwalk, size zero figure, um, is going to look, maybe she's a, a 12, 14, kind of average size for a woman these days. And and she's not going to visualise herself in that outfit because she can only see it on that young lass who yeah. is stick insect. Yeah. And I mean... Just basically twiggy. About three stone in a leaf. Well, so exactly. Yeah, like a, 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 yeah. a leaf of lettuce or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, no, um, sort of beating it down, but there is. Do you find that there is a. There is a niche for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Obviously, is... for the designer's point of view, they want, they want that kind of coat hanger mm-hmm. look so that they can show off their fabrics and stuff. But I mean, I think it needs to. Progress through there and get your size. I mean, if you've got a size twelve to fourteen model walking okay. down a catwalk, your average woman's going to look at whatever she's wearing and think, "Yeah, I could look good in that." Yeah. Why not? You know what I mean. But if well, if you've got a slimmer model yeah. that's, yeah, you know what I mean. A well, you do have these days and well, recently in the news, you mm-hmm. have got the plus size models are coming of course, out, coming of course, coming in out, which is fantastic. Or are actually being more publicised instead of actually mm-hmm. just your kind of ones that look like you could not have a hot meal in about three weeks mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing so yeah. um, which is a good thing so it means but I suppose the modelling industry it goes through peaks and troughs it's, uh, it does you know one minute it's, uh, you have to be stick thin one minute you're kind of you're plus size and mm-hmm. when you have to be in between uh, you can't win I think it's mm-hmm. the, the way they I think it's but I think the image I mean how would you I mean what would you say with if people, if there's anybody young or listening to this who maybe think about modelling, mm-hmm. I mean, what would you, I mean, some kid, some younger teenagers, they go to think they try and they, some oh. go through anorexia, to mm. be, to lose weight just no. because to be maybe I want to be like this, I have to lose all I'm fat, not be at all. conscious. How Not would you, at all. You, 
what would you say to them? You don't have you to don't, be stick thin. No, you don't have to be stick thin. Can you don't yeah. have to be that size zero. Mm. Be who you are. You're beautiful the way you are. Yeah. Curves, bumps, lumps, whatever. Mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and and if you look at all the the, the magazines, it's photoshopped. So touched it's up. It's photoshopped. It's touched up. So size doesn't matter. Yeah. Age doesn't matter. Give it a go if you've got the the chance to do it. Somebody comes up, sends you a message through Facebook. Go for it. You might like it. You might inspire you you could go places you could see the world you meet so many different people um you get to meet a nice person like yourself no. there fraser okay thank you um <laughs> and and do things like this and yeah just mm. go for it like i said go on go so I think we'll we'll wrap up there. I mean, it's been a, we've discussed quite a lot. We've dis- discussed your experience within, obviously, being in an abusive relationship. Mm. We've discussed how you got into modelling, yeah. and how that you found modelling has totally opened you up to a new person. Very much so. Uh, like I said, I, I I feel like that butterfly that's flying now. So you find that you think you you say you're now achieving, then you're mm. achieving now. Then you, you didn't get the opportunity to achieve really before yeah because you were just stuck in a hole yeah so if you what would you just summarise what you just talked about mm-hmm. what would you say with the whole interview yeah what any messages you'd like to give to the people listening oh, uh, around what would you give it give I don't know anything advice or what would you say to them to encourage them or if somebody I would love think? I mean I, I just want everybody to follow that dream. I mean, if you you have ever thought about being in front of that camera and then thought you can't do it, you can do it, and you will do it, then just give it a go. And what about the people who are maybe in, the, in a similar situation to you in, in the past, like from being with a, a bad relationship? It's hard. It's hard to make that break. Um... I don't believe in staying together for kids. I think the kids suffer too much, although you think they're not listening. Um, they're listening, they're feeling. Um, again, it, it boils down to you've only got one life, so lead it the way you want to lead it and make yourself happy. Right. Don't stay in an abusive relationship and lose all the years mm. that you could potentially be somewhere else being happy. Happiness is the key. Would you be happy for anybody to contact us through the podcast to, if you yeah, were just to so. chat? Very and if you're, that doesn't mean UK, if you're listening to around the world, uh, if you are in a situation that you just you're, don't know where the exit is, mm. you just want somebody to talk to please email Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. Uh, sorry, Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. Um, you will find us on Facebook. You can contact uh, contact us anyway through the email or Facebook. You can touch or we'll pass your details on to a vet or a.k.a. Tony Lace, depending on what era <laughs> you're wanting to, which person you want to talk to. Um, if it's modelling, it's the other one <laughs> so but if you want to seriously on a serious note if you are in a you are struggling and you don't know where mm. the exit is please 
contact us. We'd you love know, to be able to help. You know, so, sorry no, to no. disturb there, no, Fraser. No. I was just going to say, sometimes it's just good to have an ear at the end of the phone and somebody that understands. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So if you're, as I say, if you're, you are at that wit, wit's end mm. and you just don't know where to turn, feel free and give us a call. Uh, I say call, we'll, we'll get a number for team, you can chat, uh, Skype or anyway, but uh, yeah, please don't sit and no. don't struggle. It's mm-hmm. not easy, it's not easy to actually, t- it's hard to make that step, we understand that. There's it's support hard. out there though. Yeah, and there is many, I'm sure you've got support wherever you are in the world, wherever you are listening to this, but we, do, we are sitting uh, in Edinburgh, um, we're, uh, or we could have said we're sitting in a, a, a secret location in Barbados, and soaking <laughs> up the sun. But uh, I think I, would, I wish. We, we kinda, yeah, we kind of wish. <laughs> so uh, that's not quite true. So we're sitting in, in a, a quiet room in Edinburgh. So uh, to record this, um, well, I want to yeah wrap up there to say thank you for the opportunity to interview and tell your story. Yeah, um, thank you for letting me tell my story. It's um, been, I hope that it'll benefit many people and we can, yeah, until next time, um, thank you for, yeah, thanks thanks again. Oh, and remember my website though, Fraser, that was getting up and running as well. But again, that's the AKA. You could, yeah, if you want to do modelling or you're looking to information, if you want to be more information about modelling, you can email us at handshakingramsey at gmail.com. Also, uh, and Yvette uh, and will happily talk to you regarding modelling or if you're interested. And take and that, it from that goes for male models as well, I must add, because oh, okay. we have not got enough male models. We need more, please. So, male models as well. So, yeah. if you think you've not, if you've got, if you've not got the six pack or the slab, it doesn't matter about the six pack or so whatever. If, so, if you're like me and you've got the slab rather than the six pack <laughs> and you think you can do it, well, you just never know. <laughs> so, it's Homer Simpson modeling agency. <laughs> That's always good. But anyway, thank you again for listening, people. You take care till next time uh, and bye for now. Right. Bye bye, folks. Bye bye. Okay, there we have it. You've just been just been interviewing a vet, aka Tony Lace. I hope you got some good information from that interview regarding if you are in a, an abusive relationship. So I hope that you <clears throat> will email us at hatrickandramsey at gmail dot com. This is a serious topic um, to talk about. If you are in an abusive relationship, please contact us. It's important. And if you're struggling and you want to uh, get out of it or any way to find the exit door, please just have get in touch because it's always good to have somebody just to be there or to talk, talk on the phone or just to have a listening ear to somebody who's been through that and knows what it's like. So uh, please, um, please, yeah contact us it's important um but we want to thank you for listening to that i'm going to play a song which is a good thing is we have obviously a lot of music you play you have to have a license and things but we there's a free music index you can download which we're using to play some music and i'm going to play uh wheels um it's a country song by jody ann i feel that it's a very nice song a very relative song just to wind down this podcast after what you've just heard and as I say contact us at ramsey at gmail.com please um, come and uh, listen come and that's what I'm trying to say I, I don't know what I'm trying to say I'm just you know what I mean I'm just saying 
yeah, contact us. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And we just bow this podcast with a song by Joe Dion. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, bye-bye now. And I listen to the wheels going round